Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello, Mr. Sulu on the bridge. Welcome to Pastor Visser's Covenant People's Ministry, the real Christian identity servant. <laughs> if we are to be Bible-believing Christians, well, then most of us are going to spend a majority of our time listening to sermons from preachers who we know are well-versed and well-educated within the Word of God. For example, Wesley Swift, Bertrand Comperay, even Richard Butler. He was extremely good, and we have many living preachers as of today who I would suggest. Perfect examples of that would be one of the men who ordained me, which would be Morris Gallette the Aryan nations. Also, I would suggest, uh, well, pretty much, I would suggest Bill and Eli at this stage as well. But what I don't suggest is a lot of these guys, and we briefly touched upon this in tonight's broadcast, who are now bringing in, oh, giant theories, 750 feet tall, gray giants, raping our women and popping Eve's cherry, quote-unquote. It's like, you know, Jesus Christ made everything so simple. He basically said, by their fruits you will know them. First and foremost, we should notice fruits grow on trees. And Jesus Christ pulled no punches when it came to identifying certain family trees. Neither would John the Baptist. And this is what I was mentioning earlier. When they would say, you brood of vipers, who warned you to escape the wrath to come? They weren't being metaphorical. They weren't being allegorical. They were being literal. You brood of vipers. For lack of a better term, that transliterates over into you race of snakes. They were identified with animals, like Jesus Christ would so often do. Jesus would come along and say it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He wasn't literally talking about the dogs, although it would fit the analogy, that lick the crumbs off the floor. He was talking in the context of the Samaritan woman. (laughs) We must not forget that. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, homosexuals were referred to as dogs. Perfect example of that would be all the way back in the book of Kings and in the book of the Chronicles, where David, as a youth, came out to confront Goliath. Now, of course, Scripture says he's a giant, and many fall on this term of what the Nephil were and who the fallen angels were. Goliath was a giant, quote-unquote, only because the word giant means tyrant. And unfortunately, in 1611, when the King James Bible was translated, that's what they chose to translate tyrant as in uh, Genesis chapter 6. And beyond that, the creation of Goliath of Gad and so forth, and the Nephilim. But point in case, uh, they weren't literal giants. They weren't 750 feet tall But mankind wants to believe in fairy tales. Mankind wants to come along and say, you know what, I believe in honey, boo-boo, and big thumb. I'd rather believe that I'll be reincarnated as Adolf Hitler 
<laughs> and Venus and so forth. And believe me, dear kinsfolk, there's much worse doctrines than these having crept into Christian identity over the last couple of years, and mostly attributed to a particular rabbi that I've had on my show in the past who loves bringing in these guys. In Galatians chapter 4, we must remember that the Apostle Paul who many of these detractors love attacking. It should be pointed out that those who are Paul bashers most oftentimes are homosexuals who don't like what Paul says about homosexuals. Or they're feminists, for example, who don't like what Paul says about women speaking in church, and they think they want to fudge that law. But the recent trend or the recent flock of those coming in professing to be Christian identity suddenly say, you know what, I don't like Paul. We're going to throw Paul out of the New Testament, which really boils it down to about five books left, which is pretty retarded, if you don't mind me saying so. But anyway, in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, Paul says this, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than the slave though he is the owner of all the estate, but he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the Father. So with us, when we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his sons in your hearts and our hearts, crying, Abba. Father. So, through God, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and a son of them, an heir. So, the only way we can truly not be a slave to the world, a slave to sin, a slave to Satan's kingdom, is that. Is to not serve the world, but serve only Yahweh God. This is how Jesus Christ did it. And here's an appeal against the return to bondage. Many people, knowing the truth, want to go back out and embrace that manner of man they were. This is confirmed by James, who says, The way of the natural man is to see through a glass darkly. They'll look into a mirror, they'll see themselves as the hypocritical, perverted, pedophilic bastard they are, and lo and behold, when he gets up the next day, or even an hour later, and he's sitting down at his breakfast table, he forgets what manner of man he was. For example, also, it says in Proverbs, the way of an adulterous woman is to sit, sup with you, wipe her mouth, and say, I've done no evil. How fitting is that? That's every feminist that has ever existed, dear kinsfolk, because that's what they all do. Why they spread their disease, they shouldn't say, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with you, because you don't enjoy this, because you don't get the joke. Well, however that is, well, the only way to be a son of God is to work from within, not to go back to that manner of man. Peter says, it's like a dog returning to vomit. Chew grass like a cud. They chew it for an hour or two. They vomit it up, and then they go back and they lap it back up. That is the analogy, the biblical, scriptural analogy of what it's like to return back to the former bondage that we were in in sin. If Jesus Christ sets us free, truly free. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visitor's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit, so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns he will find faith upon this earth. 
We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Now, I said so many times, dear kinfolk, you cannot backslide from truth. Truth either is or isn't. Truth is self-existent. Truth doesn't really need to be defended, nor does it need to be outlawed like Holocaust myths and so forth, like the lie does. That's how truth works. That's what Jesus Christ taught in John chapter 17, 17. That's what truth is. It's the word of God, two witnesses, quick and timely death. But the judgment of man is entirely different. The judgment of man comes along and says, oh, Leroy, you raped a white woman today. Well, you screwed her life up. You made her drop out of college. You got her pregnant. You did all these horrible things. $100 fine, slap them on the wrist and put them back out amongst the people. So, just because man comes along and rules according to money, rules according to how much money you make, what type of car you drive, the cheapest seat in the synagogue, quote-unquote, and Jesus Christ thought it would be no different in your time because it was the same way in his, so also does Yahweh God judge true. That's the whole point. There are no unsolved mysteries with Yahweh God. Well, down here, a man can get away with murder if he's got enough money. We see it in the celebrity world all the time. In the kingdom to come, they will not be able to do as such. Why? Oh, God knows everything. If he knows every hair upon your head, if he knows every grain of sand upon the seashore, then surely he knows what we do in the dark midst, the recesses of our mind. But the Judeo-Christian pastor wants to come along and teach opposite what the Word of God says. In fact, it's quite sad. They'll say Yahweh God is a God who lost interest in his people and his bride. And he sits in the throne of heaven, pretty much watching TV, and spends very little time regarding himself with the affairs of men. To these sad people, their faithlessness is technically powerless. And this is what Peter meant much later when he says, In the end times, many will embrace a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. They'll come along and say, well, yeah, of course, Jesus Christ is real, but Jesus Christ didn't literally touch somebody's eyes and give them the ability to see. Yeah, he did. And that's the whole point. They'll come along and they're apologeticists. They'll say, well, yeah, of course, God created the world and the heavens and everything else, every animal, every human being, but man evolved as well at the same time. And that's the danger of the evolution theory, dear kinfolk. It hasn't been historically taught, and ironically, many people who think they're illuminated come along and they say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and embrace the theory of evolution because I believe we all descended from the same exact pond scum, from the same exact sludge. And imagine the false dichotomy, the way of thinking, of coming along and hating their own primordial brother because they descended through evolution from the same chimp. It is only truly the men and women, daughters and sons of Yahweh God, who were created separate, created and commanded to remain separate, who inhabit his praises, who are also able at the same time to inhabit his Holy Spirit within us. Having his Holy Spirit within us gives us comeuppance. It is the light within us that Jesus Christ said, let your light so shine before men. It is your protective barrier in a world of darkness. When the light comes on, you'll notice that the cockroaches scurry. They go up the walls and they run everywhere they can. Why? Because they cannot stand the presence of light. And it is no different for the sons of God. Dear good folk, get it through your head. That's the way it is. The children of darkness want to dwell in darkness. They do not want their dark deeds to be manifest before men and other men. They don't even want it manifest before God. And this is most likely the reason Satan is considered the accuser of the brethren. 
but that's a whole nother side issue. They come along and what they want to do is slander and get you spent on all of these other things that do not matter. So, you're no longer a slave but a son and a son then of an heir. Verse 8 in Galatians chapter 4. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. Now, they weren't gods at all. In fact, they were idols. And many in judgment will find out that the first shall be last, just as Jesus Christ promised. They'll also learn that uh, whosoever was first will become last, and whosoever considered himself to be the greatest in the kingdom will be considered the least. So, we must not make the mistake of coming along and uh, attempting to make traditions. Traditions can make null the word of God, according to Jesus Christ, in all four gospel narratives. And it should be pointed out that tradition will trump the word of God, at least within their buildings. And when you go to these churches and you hear about Aunt Betty's blue dress and what Uncle Steve did down the road in his truck to uh, his goat, don't be surprised when you're not spiritually fed. The reason for that is that's what they've chosen. People will erect exactly what they want, and many of them would rather have a God according to their own making. That is what an idol is, and that is the reason why. When you didn't know God, you were in bondage to being that by nature are not gods. Not natural, but you thought they were. Don't make that mistake again, continuing on. But now that you have come to know God, that is Yahweh, or rather to be known by God, not that we open our heart to Jesus, but that Jesus might open his grace to us. But continuing on, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? Now, Paul doesn't say habits. Paul doesn't say vices. Paul doesn't come along and say, you know what, uh, you shouldn't go back to drinking a couple Budweiser's at the end of the night, you know, or you shouldn't go back to smoking cigarettes. He talks about elemental spirits. Because we do wrestle against principalities and spiritual forces in dark places. The natural man doesn't know that, and that's why he's a fool. He walks on and perishes, according to Proverbs. He walks through life reading books and watching television and thinks he's educated, much more educated than the man who sat around the fire with his family, night in and night out, studying the Word of God and teaching his children to read from this book. Go figure. But that's what they think. They literally think as they get spoon-fed crap through the Talmud vision that they're somehow or another smarter than we were 50 years ago. As the crime rate soars, the liberal believes that Obama truly is his savior. So to be known of God is something we should all strive to do. And the way to be known of God, the way to be clean before him, is to do his will. To familiarize it, to preach it in season and out of season. Who slaves you want to be once more, not the beggarly elemental spirits. You don't want to go back to the demons of greed, whatever it is that leads you off the straight and narrow. And point in case, get it through your head straight and narrow, not the Broadway. Jesus Christ taught no different. The majority of the world will go the Broadway and they'll even justify themselves by saying it. Well, I'm Catholic. Why? Because it's universal. It's the biggest church. Well, dear kinsfolk, according to Jesus Christ, universal is what you don't want to be in. Hast du etwas Zeit für mich? Singe ich ein Lied für dich von 99 Luftballons auf ihrem Weg zum Horizont? Denkst du vielleicht gerade an mich? Singe ich ein Lied für dich von 99 Luftballons und das sowas von sowas kann. One of the, the sermons I released, I'm not sure exactly which one, actually has a picture of me 
and a Jeremy Miller from Family Ties, right? And Kirk Cameron. <laughs> You do not well, have the power yeah, well, to create something by speaking it into existence. Well, I see one. You know, calling me a man. <laughs> but you haven't seen me, Marty. I mean, you know, look, look. <laughs> it's, uh, as I told Wickstrom, I said, uh, you better not get in my way if we're hunting down a Jew and running after him because I'll trip you because uh, I'm going for <laughs> the world record six million and one. <laughs> And I know that uh, Pastor Ninset might want to keep this under his hat a little bit, but uh, believe it or not, we're setting up uh, in, in Granby, Missouri, we're setting up a, a Takei Straight Alliance. But I often look back in that in retrospect, and, and I wonder if it's just the acknowledgement of knowing who controls the weather as to why our house was spared and no one else's was, because it was directly on that line, and the tornado just went right up over the house and landed on the other side and kept going. I never, I never, hey, I never said that. So, well, then why don't you say that? Why? Because I don't want you to know what I know. Oh, well, what do you know? You know nothing. I know your mom's name is Olga. After, especially after the Jews, the Edomites... Uh, as uh, your namesake Obadiah, the book of Obadiah abundantly proved. Not my real name. <laughs> right. Now, Jeremy, would now be a good time to um, give a, a very exciting announcement? Yes, it's always a good time for a very exciting announcement, I say. Well, uh, Pastor Martin Lindstedt passed away this morning. No, oh, that is the <laughs> best news CI has heard in a long time. And then there's some real hook-nosed sheets, like uh, like Bill Shatner, hook-nosed camera hogging. Jewish douchebag. Yeah, I'd say it's a lot different, or, or it seemed to be, because, you know, there's a lot of little factions now and a lot of little dogmas that have come into Christian identity to where... There's a lot of, you know, like the no-devil, pro-devil belief. George, can I ask you a question? Yes. If you don't like black people, what are you doing hanging out with Marty? <laughs> well, I'm not well, too much... 
You want to be in the smallest, most persecuted sect of Christianity that exists. But continuing on, they weren't gods, and now that you've come to know it, you don't want to go back to it. Verse 10 of Galatians chapter 4 says this, You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. Now here it is. He's saying, dang, when I set up all these churches, and majority of them, only about two, actually stay true to the message. And here he is speaking to the foolish Galatians to whom he asked, Who has bewitched you? Well, we know who bewitched them. The devil, really, and through seducing spirits is how he did it. But he says you observe days and months and seasons and years. That's not to say having a calendar in your garage is an evil thing. That's not even to say astrology is an evil thing. That is to say, however, that astronomy is. And the worship of the stars and the horoscopes and so forth is forbidden by Yahweh God. Why? Because you're seeking a medium. There is no medium. Even Jesus Christ is not our medium. We pray directly to Yahweh God in boldness, just like Jesus Christ, who amazed all of those in the night study in the synagogue. Why? Because he preached as one who had authority. He preached as one who knew the word of God, unlike the Judeo-Christians. And I assure you, dear kinfolk, I've been in a few guest churches, and I've preached in a few different places. And actually preaching what is in the word of God, line by line, precept upon precept, or even topically, can really, literally make a few people's jaws drop. They don't like to hear it, because it's so unlike what they're taught. Jesus Christ straightforwardly taught the traditions of men make null the word of God, and pointed out that the leaven of the Pharisees expands. That's what happens when you have one rotten apple in a barrel. Every apple within a matter of days will be completely covered over with fungus and diseased. That is the leaven of the Pharisees. And the leaven of the Pharisees, according to Christ, is hypocrisy. Every single one of the atheistic fools out there, the liberals, all have that in common. As they live in glass houses, they cast stones. As they sit and live in their high places like Bill Gates in Seattle on their own little island, they give free computers to Negro inner-city youth and promote the multicultural agenda. Why? Because they're hypocrites. And hypocrisy expands to the point that it can become a religion, at least a political correct train of thought. So, what was Paul's concern for the Galatians? He had many concerns for this church that he had set up. But he says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 12, Brethren, I beseech you, become as I am, for I have become as you are. Now, Paul's not saying follow my example. Paul's saying, become as I have. At this point, when he was writing this, he was in jail. Become as I have. Contend for the faith. Run the race. And me and Obadiah had preached on this before. It is a race. It's like chess. It's like a video game. For all intents and purposes, you're going to run that race to win. You're going to play it to not play. That's the whole point. If you're going to play the game, play to win. Don't screw around with your own salvation. So Paul says, I beseech you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. Angel. Quote, unquote, messenger. That's what Paul was. And Paul was accepted. Paul has been accepted for 2,000 years as a apostle. Many people want to come along and say, I don't like Paul. Well, I'm sure you don't. Because they're faggots. It's all they know to do, to attack one of the apostles. I know better than the word of God. Blasphemy. But it doesn't stop them from doing it. And all the while, go figure, that while they're sitting there saying, Paul was a Pharisee, Paul used to be Saul, etc., etc., they're trying to introduce Jewish mythology. 
Be on guard, dear kinfolk. Study to show yourself approved, because they will pull you aside. And Paul here is saying the same exact thing. You received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus, as one in Christ Jesus, or, for lack of a better term, as a Christian. Verse 15. What has become of the satisfaction you felt? Question. For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling your truth? Stopping right there. Understand it. Jesus Christ taught no different. You will make many enemies telling the truth. But who cares? <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be loved to Yahweh God than loved to the world for lying to it? Well, tell the truth, become hated. Tell the truth, they'll slander you. They'll lie. They'll make up stories about your wife, your children that they've never seen. They'll make pictures, sock puppet accounts, frame email, write fiction, post it all over the internet. But hey, yay. Praise Yahweh for the glory of God. They did no different to Jesus Christ. They spit in his face. They crucified him and killed him. Why? They thought they knew better. They spent all their time judging, slandering, gossiping, instead of obeying. And because they spent all their time doing that, guess what? They didn't recognize God incarnate as he walked and stood before them. Now talk about not being able to see the forest for the trees. That, dear friends, is it in a nutshell. That's the hypocrite. They're so damn smart they can't see their own nose. Don't make that mistake. So, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If you truly tell the world the truth, you'll make a few. Verse 17. For they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. For a good purpose, it is always good to be made much of, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, with whom I am again in travail until Christ be formed in you. I wish I could be present with you, now, to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Now, Paul here was perplexed. And many times throughout the life of Paul, he was perplexed. He often wondered if he would win the prize that I just mentioned. Why? Because he had killed. He consented under the death of Stephen. He persecuted Christians, but eventually turned around and became what was known as the Apostle Paul. Accepted, proven, and chosen of Jesus Christ himself struck down on the road to Damascus and read about in the book of Acts and so many of these latter epistles. Paul confirms and gives the second witness to numerous Old Testament prophecies. And in that, we know that he completes the text and that Paul should be accepted. But he was perplexed. And there will come a time and a place within each and every one of our Christian walk where you will be perplexed. Reason for that? God will only carry you so far. God will carry you so you will know that he is real. God will free you from vices and sin and addictions if you believe and if you ask. He'll do that, but he will not do it indefinitely. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build his church 
so that when he returns, he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. At some point, you need to, like little children, learn to walk on your own and accept your Father. Jesus Christ said, unless we repent and become as little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of Yahweh God. Why would he say that? Because little children obey their Father. Little children have no choice. Little children trust. That's faith, dear kinsfolk. And man can never have enough faith. So if you lack in faith, do not neglect to pray to Yahweh God for an ever-increasing faith in his word of God. Paul was perplexed. But going back to the seed line, going back to what is taught by dual seed line Christian identity, it is this. Abraham became a father of many nations, not the nation of Jews. And that is why Paul says in verse 21 of Galatians 4, Tell me, you who desire to be under law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through promise. Now, this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free and our mother, for it is written, stopping right there. Jerusalem, sandwiched between Jeru and Salem, is USA. And many people within Christian identity believe that Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem of Revelation, and many of these latter epistles of Paul mentioned, is the embodiment and the epicenter of the Christian faith. And that would be USA. But be that as it may, wherever this is, what Paul is talking about here in the Revised Standard Translation is this allegory. These women are two covenants. One is Judah, for lack of a better term, and one is Israel. These are the divided kingdoms. One is from Mount Sinai, in a proverbial sense. Bearing children for slavery, she is Hagar. Hagar is this. She corresponds, it is written. Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in travail. For the children of the desolate, one are many more than the children of her that is married. Now that's the time in which we live in today. That is the MO and the modus operandi of the enemy. The enemy wants to come along and tell you that it's shameful to have children. The enemy wants to put you on birth control so that you're more prone to be chopped open, have ovarian cysts, and never procreate at all. Or wants to keep you in a job saying, well, why don't you wait till you're 35, 40 years old before you have children because he knows by that time it'll be too late. But it is written here, according to Paul, O barren one, rejoice, you. Break forth and shout because you're not in travail. Again, the famine in the end times is for the word of God. The children of the desolate one are many more than the children of her that is married. What's this saying? Exactly what Jesus Christ said in John 8, 44, or at least the Jews who retorted to him. We be born not of fornication. Going all the way back to Genesis three fifteen, the children of the whore. And you've heard me preach on it time and time again. The children of Belial, the children of the beast, are more in this day and age than the children of the married the children of the bridegroom, or the children who even on a superficial level do it Yahweh's way, meaning get married, have children, and stay together. What Obadiah expressed tonight in his narrative was very colorful and straightforward and actually quite moving, but what he expressed in that was a mother's love for her children. And that mother's love, perhaps, is unparalleled and only matched by Yahweh God. 
That is why mothers are so important in today's society. So, finishing out this verse and finishing out the evening, Paul says this in verse 28. Now we, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at that time, who was born according to the flesh, persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. So it is now, stopping right there. Paul is telling you, just likewise, King Solomon, there will be nothing new under the sun, and there are two factions. Those who are born of the Spirit, who follow the Spirit, who are led of Yahweh God and His Word, through His Word, and those who are born of the flesh, who only see flesh. For example, those who said, is this not Joseph's son? They couldn't understand Jesus Christ truly was the Son of God. So they thought that slander wouldn't be quite so bad, or they thought they could budge it here, or they thought they could throw Paul out, but we cannot do that. So, Paul is saying here, what does Scripture say? Continuing on, we'll be persecuted, and that's nothing new. Jesus Christ promised that. What does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave and her son, for the son of the slave shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the slave but of the free woman. So as I am currently covering in my series on the book of the shepherd of Hermas, Hermas received many visions, and he received visions from the quote-unquote queen of heaven and whatever manifestation you want to put her in. He received these visions, and these visions were keep your thoughts chaste. Hermas saw a beautiful woman and said, hey, she'd make a great wife and bear me beautiful children. And even such an innocent thought came back years later to haunt him and be a thorn in his side. Thus he must repent. Thus he must receive visions from the throne of heaven. And for those of you who doubt the book of the shepherd of Hermas and his visions, once upon a time it was actually placed directly after the book of Acts in the New Testament. Don't ask me why, because it actually predates it, although it's still around the same time. But what we're expressing in that is also the same exact thing, that we must keep our thoughts chaste, and we must always keep our thoughts under subjection. That is what separates us from the natural brute beast. That is what the flesh man is not able to do. All they know to do is indulge their appetites, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's vices, whether it's smoke, whether it's drugs. But what the spiritual man will do is this. He will feed his spiritual side. He will serve his father in truth through his word, and he will strive every day to please his father. Why? That's what Jesus Christ did. And that's what we must do as well. With that, I will bid you good evening. War for Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.